And we are live again for a very, very special episode of Casual Cognition. Especially special for me, because we have on a guest today who I love very much, and I happen to be living with my partner, girlfriend, lover, consort, better half, Alex McFarland. Hi! Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to have you on. We've been talking about uh, having you on the show for a little while. And, um, you know, there's lots of stuff that I would like to talk to you about, but I figured I'd start off a little bit with a little bit of background on you and me. We are running up on our four-year anniversary here pretty soon. In October. October. It's coming up close. And, you know, time does fly by. It's 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 kind of crazy that we've known each other for four years now, or we've been dating for four years, even though we started dating shortly after we, <laughs> we met. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's one of those weird, like, periods of time where there's a lot of people out there who would think, oh, that's a really, really long time. And then there's a lot of people out there who'd be like, that's not a very long time at all. Mm-hmm. It's definitely been a long time for me, um, especially since we started dating whenever I was 19. I couldn't even mm-hmm. drink. Yeah. And now I'm halfway to 24. So it's definitely been a long time for me. Which is also a, a funny thing there. I did not know that you were 19. <laughs> because it, it doesn't even really look like you've aged <laughs> since since we met. And when I look back at pictures of you whenever you're 16, you just kind of always <laughs> look the same. Like... You just kind of have like a little bit of a baby face and mm-hmm. I could see like your tattoos and piercings and everything. I was like, and you were serving alcohol. So like I knew you were at least 18, but I figured you were like 23 whenever we were met, we met, uh, you know, a little older. And then we now go, I am. We, yeah, we go on our first date and you were like, well, there's something I should probably tell you. And then you pull out your license and you kind of show it to me, and, and I didn't really get it at first, but it was a vertical license, which means you're under 21. I don't know if they do that in every state, but here, the, it, until you're 21, they give you a vertical instead of a horizontal license, which you still have. I don't want to get rid of it until it expires. <laughs> it's kind of a novelty. Athena, can you knock it off? We have a couple of guests in here, and our puppy is always uh, giving us guff during the cast, but... I think people will forgive dog noises. No, as long as you, as long as you don't <laughs> jostle the mic and bark, you freaking clown. Oh man. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I was surprised. I mean, I was. Um, let's see here. So I was twenty-five at the time. Then, or was I twenty-six? Twenty-six. Because mm-hmm. you're about to turn thirty. Yeah. Yeah, no, because then I'm then I'd be twenty five, because you were nineteen, you're twenty four. I'm about to turn thirty. Yeah. It's a little confusing because our, our birthdays aren't that far apart either. Math is um, hard. But yeah, we're about six years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that you know I was wondering about. I'm sure you were wondering about. I know your mother was very concerned about it. <laughs> Yeah, she she was not happy with it no. at the beginning. And, you know, it's probably something that a lot of people... I, I, I know I've seen a lot of comments like on Reddit and stuff of people saying that, you know, 
Okay, I'm about to kick this dog. <laughs> She's getting being annoying. Yeah. Um, but uh, like people saying like, oh, you know, people my age usually late twenties, early thirties, being like, I can't imagine dating a nineteen year old. And I probably would generally agree. And just think that, like, oh, yeah, there's no way that our maturity level or, or interests are going to line up. And, you know, I found through, you know, uh, we, we immediately started having some good conversations. And um, that's one of the things that made me want to date you. And I figured out through that, that like, oh, well, because you've been through so many crazy situations, like, you didn't act like most of, like, 19-year-old women that I would mm-hmm. meet. And I don't think that um, you w- were were getting along with uh, with guys your age. No, guys, guys my age at nineteen, they weren't looking for anything serious, or they weren't having any intelligent conversations. And like you said, you thought I was twenty three whenever I was nineteen, so I was obviously very mature for my age. And I've just honestly have never really been interested in guys my age, like I. I just never have been, and I think it's worked out. Women tend to mature faster than men anyways. I think I think the maturity, like, the age of true mature, being truly mature is 25 for guys and 22 for women. Well, I also think that it really can vary based upon people's personality and their life experience. You know, there's mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot of people out there who have gone through a lot of rough stuff. And instead of it maturing them, they turn into eternal children mm-hmm. where, you know, and, and you and I both know <laughs> quite a few of those. Quite a few. And, you know, it's it's a bummer. It's like, man, I, I feel for them, you know, going through all that. But it's also, you know, it can be exhausting to be around them sometimes because they're just, they, they're... they don't act like adults. And, you know, sometimes they're in their 30s or, I mean, I've met ones that are in their 40s and 50s. They're children with adult privileges. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I know that you and I have, uh, have had to had to take on some adult roles early. And also just, I think that another thing that draws you and I together is that we, we really care about people and we have um, uh, a, a real desire to like do what's right. And you know, that's not trying to be like, oh, because we're so virtuous. But the point is, is that like, if you're just, you know, a normal person, and that's not like a part of your life, that's not a part of like who you're trying to be, you know, you can do a good deed if, it, if the act comes along or something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, for example, um, Alex is very like environmentally conscious. And we have tons and tons of reusable stuff. We, you know, have all these different things that I've had to change my life around a little bit because I'm, I, tr- I try to be environmentally conscious, but not in the, not in these ways, not in these sort of like things like single use plastics and different, different stuff that is, is better for the environment chemically, stuff like that. And, you know, if you get with somebody who's just like, I don't really give a shit about that. Like that could potentially be a deal breaker. That- for me personally, that is a deal breaker, and I've, we've both made um, sacrifices, I guess you could say, for like being environmentally conscious. And there are some things that I, that you can't compromise on, 
with like toilet paper and dishwasher tabs, <laughs> but like most of most of our household <laughs> stuff is zero waste or no plastic involved, and that's one of the compromises that you've done for me. Well, you kind of buried the lead there with the toilet paper thing because people are gonna like. What she want to get a bidet? I would love to have a bidet. Okay. So okay. would I. I'm, I'm totally down. They're kind of expensive to retrofit onto a toilet. Um, and and you can't. I don't even know if I could do it in an apartment building. But if I had a house and I built it, I would definitely put a bidet in. What she's talking about is this bamboo toilet paper that we got. <laughs> that like wasn't like bad, but I had some sort of bad reaction to it, and my asshole has never been the same. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I need to go see a proctologist or something. That stuff, like, it gave me some kind of weird reaction. I don't know what happened there. But, yeah, the toilet paper was one thing that I was like, I cannot compromise on this particular thing. But, um, you know, one thing that, that, that gets me into a little bit that I think is another sign that, you know, the age gap doesn't matter as much for you and I is that, you and I think that one of the reasons why we've been able to stay together for this long and and work out a lot of things and make lots of compromises and you know try to like actually put forth a lot of good effort into our relationship is just simply that we communicate well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's never been an easy thing for me to do. I've had to work very very hard on my communication, and I'm still working on it. And that's one thing that you've given me grace or like pass on and you've understood is with my communication. Yeah. And, and that, that, that goes into a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, kind of everybody has baggage that they're bringing to the table mm-hmm. and I do as well. And it, I think that one of the things that people don't, pay enough attention to when they're when they're looking at potential like long-term romantic partners it's like okay i want this and this and this and this and this Mm -hmm. but what's going to be something that like if this is if like they are not this way or if they are this way i can't deal with it Mm -hmm. and and kind of like the negative aspects like oh i want someone who's caring okay well that's you... also someone who's very, very sensitive. Exactly, exactly. Can you handle that sensitivity? Can you handle being an emotional rock for somebody from time to time? Mm-hmm. Because if you want somebody who is this positive trait that you're lining out, they're probably going to be this other kind of trait. And once again, if you're saying, like, I want somebody who's going to be a you know a strong person, who's going to be able to take care of me in my times of need, and, and you know I can support them, well... That person is probably not going to be super emotionally available, mm-hmm. and they may be a, kind of a dick sometimes, mm-hmm. and and they're a, a little distant sometimes. You may have to work on those things. So there's, I think that there's all these um, kind of spectrum kinds of aspects where every every positive trait kind of comes with a negative trait or mm-hmm. set of traits. That goes along with it, and if you, yours doesn't line up in a way that you could deal with, things aren't going to work out. Mm-hmm. Or you could try, and then it's just going to be years upon years of struggling and mm. bad relationship and Oof. poor communication and all the negatives that go with 
being in a relationship with none of the positives or very little <laughs> positives. You know, um, speaking of that, you, uh, we recently cut your hair. Yeah. And, um, that now my hair was like an inch off of my butt. <laughs> if you, if you leaned your head back, it was there. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like just barely touching my shoulders. So it was a good, good, good length. I thought about posting that on Instagram, posting that picture <laughs> on Instagram and making that the episode post. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> um, but no, that was, I think that was like two and a half years of hair growth. Yeah, that was a long time. Mm-hmm. And if I am not mistaken, the, 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 the last time before that you had a major haircut, you cut it all off. Yeah, I shaved my head. I did a buzz cut. And I did that for a very specific reason. <laughs> That's what I'm leading into. <laughs> I did that. I buzzed I all my segues. hair off to get out of a really, really shitty controlling relationship. Like, he was trying to tell me where I could get my tattoos and what I couldn't, could and couldn't do with my life after I graduated high school. Now, not trying to shit talk this guy. He did help me with a lot of major things in life. And he did help me get to graduating. And But there was just too many negatives that outweighed the positives. And that's why I shaved my head off. And that wasn't my first resort. That was my last resort. I tried anything and everything I could think of to get out of that relationship. But nothing stuck until uh, my hair went away. Which is a weird, like, that. I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't understand. Like, what do you mean anything and everything that that you you could try to, to get out of the relationship? Like, why didn't you just break up with him? I, I tried did. that. <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore. And he said, well, that's too damn bad. And now, now this is, this is another weird thing about this one. I mean, this guy is, uh, once again, I don't want to shit on him because of what I'm about to say. It just makes me wonder what, what he, what was going through his mind is like, okay, what is, what should I be doing here? That's right. Cause it's, it, how old were you and him during this relationship? Like, when did it start and when did y'all break up? Actually so, break up? we, whenever it was getting to the um, end of our relationship. Come. Go. Come on, dog. Whenever it was getting to the end of our relationship, um, I had just graduated high school. I was freshly 18 and he was freshly 17 um so it was just we were both trying to figure out ourselves trying to figure out who we wanted to be after we were done in high school and he wanted to have the stereotypical 60s wife and that's not at all who i am i've never been that kind of person i don't like to fit in the boxes (laughs) The thought of somebody trying to make you into a Stepford wife is really funny to me, not gonna lie. <laughs> like, if if I stuck with that, I would be a completely different person. I would com- be completely miserable. And, yeah, it was just, he wanted me to be something that I wasn't. There was nothing I could do. So, and, and like I said, I, I, I don't, I, I hate to shit on somebody who's a kid, basically, mm-hmm. in making those kind of mistakes. So, 
I won't go so far as to say that like he that's like he was like an abusive person, but that's like abusive type behavior. He was manipulative. Yeah, and and you know it's it's it, obviously you can abuse your partner if you're a seventeen year old. You can if you're smacking mm-hmm. around somebody, you're, of course. No, it doesn't even have to be physical abuse. To yeah, abuse. it's just one of those situations where I think that, and you know, you mentioned some of the nicer things he did. I think that was a situation where. You know, his parents were probably a little more traditional, and he just figured, this is what I'm supposed to do. I mean, he was an Eagle Scout, wasn't he? This is like a straight up... But his parents weren't at all traditional. Really? No, they got divorced, and then his... Both of them went on and got married to someone else in between the divorce, and then they... (laughs) They divorced those people and then got remarried per his request. Oh, man. So maybe, so. maybe that's where that's coming from. Maybe this is more of a uh, divorce kid complex. Yeah. I've seen those two. <laughs> yeah, but I was also where I was in that point in my life. I didn't have a good home life. Yeah. That was, his house was the only place I was allowed to go outside of school. It, that was my only escape from home. So mm-hmm. it was, we were both in not so good places. So... So all in all, you know, not the best relationship experience, could be worse kind of situation. Yeah, for sure. And the next fellow was a little bit more interesting. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, I... You know, whenever you were just breaking up with, that's about when I met my ex. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we did we name drop him already. No, but oh, I don't really care. I'll edit it out. I really don't care. Um, but I, uh, I met my ex-wife about nineteen years old, mm-hmm. shortly after I turned nineteen, and that relationship was. You know, it was, it was better at the time, I thought it was better at the time than it was whenever I look back on it, but it's also one of those situations where, like, I feel, I feel like she and I were both almost, like, too passive for each other's good, where, like, we did not communicate very well. Mm Mm-hmm. And we weren't just, we just, neither of us was the type of person to, like, get mad about stuff, so we didn't really fight that much. And I think that one of the reasons why our relationship ended up so weird, which I can <laughs> basically, basically what happened in the end, she ended up divorcing me just a few weeks after we got married and le- took off with the best man from the wedding, my best friend at the time. Wild ending to a relationship. <laughs> yeah. every, every time I talk, Alex wants to strangle somebody. Not somebody. <laughs> somebody specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was one of those things where there was no, like, there was no reason for us to break up and there was no reason for us to stay together. And it was just, especially for her, I think, because mm-hmm. you, as you've gotten to know about me, I am a very um, introverted person. Mm-hmm. With, and, and I don't need a ton of input from other people. And that doesn't mean that I, like, don't need 
love and affirmation and, and time with uh, with my partner, but I need less than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. You like your alone time, and yeah. you actually do better as a person and as a partner with more alone time than you do yeah. with more quality time. Like yeah. You get burnt out very, very easily. Yeah, and... You know, it'll probably help if I if I'm not in the the job that I am now. But I think that that's just who I am as a person, and so it's. I think that, especially for her, she probably needed more quality time and wasn't able to communicate that with me, and then let that fester for a year or two, and then she ends up saying, "I need to do something drastic," mm-hmm. and it's funny because. I've noticed how so many people cannot deal with the, 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 like the, the struggle of breaking up with somebody, even if mm-hmm. that's what they, they need to do. And I'm not talking about your situation where the, the partner wasn't letting you break up with them. Somebody who can't bring themselves to like hurt the other person in that mm-hmm. way. And especially like talking about you as a person being on the receiving end of a breakup you're genuinely a good person and like i i couldn't even fathom like breaking up with you just because i wouldn't want to hurt you as a person Mm -hmm. just because you're so genuinely true and honest and a good person yeah just Mm -hmm. coming from the female's perspective of that relationship yeah, I think that, that that that's that definitely played into it because mm-hmm. I didn't give her any reason to break up with me, mm-hmm. and that's a tough thing to have. Like, I don't want to be with this person anymore, but they haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, that's always like a shitty. It's it's the falling out of love thing. Yeah, and it's sad. You know, it's a tragic thing to happen. But what happens if you don't just pull the bandaid off of the other for the other person? Is something crazy happens. You go through a $10,000 wedding and get divorced a month later. <laughs> or you have an affair. Or you, you know, you do something crazy. You, you get some new crazy hobby that you, suddenly takes up all their time. Like you're driving them away with something that you're more interested mm-hmm. in. You like you're, it, it's like people fool themselves into thinking that, oh, I'm being nice by stringing them along and not just telling them how I actually feel. It's just not the case. You know, if, if, if you just can't stand to be with somebody, it's just what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the that that's where communication comes in again is that, like, I think that somebody, a couple who has really effective communication with each other, that's not something that's, like, going to happen mm-hmm. because they're going to know fairly soon there may be a little delay. It's not going to be six months. It's not going to be a year. There may be a few days. It may be a week or something before somebody hears something about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you and I, we get mad at each other. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I was kind of afraid of in my past relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's actually a really valuable thing of, like, mm-hmm. I can, I'm allowed to be mad. I'm not allowed to yell and scream Mm-mm. and freak out. And, you know, be an asshole, but I'm allowed to be angry about something. I'm allowed to be upset about something. I'm allowed to be grouchy that, and, and, you know, have nothing to do with Alex. And, and just be grouchy about something at work and not, you know, and, and let her know that. And then 
you know, actively try and not take it out on her, but she knows that I'm grouchy. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I do like that a lot just because I'm a very, um, I feel everybody's emotions, whether they want me to or not, like I'm an empath and like, I make sure everybody feels what I'm feeling too, whether I want them to or not. It's just how I am. And yeah, you're very expressive emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I've had to work on that a lot because I do have a lot of anger issues. I've got, I'm a very little person with a big personality. (laughs) She's a little fireball. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I don't know what to do with that. And instead of taking my anger out on you and I'm still working on it. Instead of taking that out on you, I let you know, hey, I'm angry and I don't know what to do with it. So if I'm a bitch, that's why. It's not at you. It's just I don't know where to put my anger. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing how much it helps to, like, like uh, preempt the, 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 the stuff with that, the actions with that. Just like, I'm grouchy right now, so I'm just, and then And then suddenly... They do something because they're grouchy and it just doesn't really hit. Mm-hmm. It's like ah, yeah, he's just being a dick or she's just being a bitch. Mm-hmm. It's it it doesn't become that hurtful thing quite as much mm-hmm. because they let you know that like this is how I'm feeling right now. Because I, I I do think it's a little bit worse if you know you do something hurtful to your partner and then you say afterwards, well, this is why I did that, mm-hmm. versus I'm mad so if i do something like this i'm sorry then it it just doesn't land as well it it Mm -hmm. doesn't get the other person's sort of defense uh, defenses up Mm -hmm. as much and i think that you know you know you and i have um avoided a lot of fights Mm -hmm. through that sort of thing and i as a person has had to work on that i i know in the beginning of our relationship it wasn't like that because i wasn't being who i truly was but as we also weren't living together at first so yeah that's that always that always makes a big difference (laughs) yeah but as our relationship has progressed and as we've lived together coming up on what three years now yeah yeah we've been living together you were it was just the first year that we weren't living together really Mm -hmm. and then um i've had to work on expressing the emotions that i'm feeling even if i can't put it into words Mm -hmm why I'm feeling what I'm feeling, it's that's something that I've had to work on a lot and I'm still working on it. Yeah, we all gotta work on that and it's it took me a long time, like I said, to try and figure out how to express myself. Because I'd almost have the opposite problem of just like bottling it all up and shoving it all down and never doing anything and then I'd be like unreasonably grouchy or standoffish and nobody would know why. And, <laughs> and see, it turned can... out to be something that happened yesterday. <laughs> I can whether you want me to or not, I can tell if you're bottling something up. I can't tell exactly what you're bottling mm-hmm. up, but I can always tell if yeah, you're you in a bad mood. Yeah, you know if I'm a little, if I'm a little off. And more often than not, I, th- I hope, um, at least, it's more about something that's going on that's not related to you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mainly work-related yeah. or Stress, fam- family-related family yeah. with you. And if it's directed at me, you're really good about letting me know that you're pissed at me. You're still working on telling me why, <laughs> but you're really good about letting me know, hey, I'm upset at you or I'm upset at this and that and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, it, it's... It's always been hard for me to tell people why because I can get 
I, I feel like I'm being hurtful to somebody because I can get like very detailed as to why somebody's actions make me mad. And sometimes it makes people feel really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And you've always, like, coming from the family aspect, you've always been everybody's, like, talking, like, venting person. Yeah. Like, you've never had anyone to vent to or had any anybody to, like, talk to truly mm-hmm. with your family. Yeah. At least with all your friends and stuff, you've always been able to vent yeah. to them while still being their venting person, so... Yeah, and and, so, and and especially whenever I was young, I did end up being kind of the the negativity sponge of the family. Mm-hmm. So that that plays into it a lot. And I, you know, I I told the whole long story about my mom on here. You know, I had to be um, like keep my cool a lot. Where I like if I was getting emotional, if I was starting to go crazy, there was nobody left mm-hmm. <laughs> to hold the line. It was yeah. just everybody else was freaking out. Yeah. Somebody had to be normal. It was like, oh shit, yeah. really fucked this up. Is if bad. Nate's mad. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> oh man, I've actually heard people say that. <laughs> Pretty much that exact thing, same thing. Like Nate got mad at you. You must have fucked up. Yeah, what did you do? <laughs> Nate doesn't get mad. Oh, boy. Little do they know, I do get mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good at dealing with it on my own time most of, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it, it's also an aspect of that introversion thing where, mm-hmm. you know, I a lot of times we'll need alone time and you'll need quality time and we're at a little bit of an impasse there mm-hmm. and you know I'll need it because I need some sort of emotional time to to let off my steam mm-hmm. and then you'll just be like stewing there bored <laughs> not you know completely tired of listening to your own breathing mm-hmm. and I'll give you like an hour to yeah, alone that's, time, that's and then what I'm I was like, about to say. "Hi." <laughs> well, that's what I'll usually, you know, I'll usually just be like, "Hey, I need to, I need to take the dogs out and have a smoke," and uh, and yeah, then we can we can play some video games or watch a movie or something like that. So, and a lot of the times, quality time for me is like me sitting on the couch doing my own thing and then you sitting on the couch doing your own thing. That was a game changer for me. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you just... mean I can just play chess and switch? Yeah. And just as long as you're like in my general vicinity, I'm still getting that quality time even yeah. though we aren't necessarily interacting. And yeah, I'll show the occasional TikTok to you or something like that. But yeah. for the most part, we're just doing our own thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I I just really enjoy like how we've gone about you know building this thing. I mean, there's there's so there's gone that we both put a lot of work and effort into it. You know, I think that that's that's something that I'm so appreciative of is that you have just put a lot of effort into um you know people people kind of poo poo the idea like. You know, you can't become the person this person wants you to be. You but, can. Well, you... well, it's not not in the same way that like like your ex was doing to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you can, um, you can make compromises and you can improve on things that are a problem. And and you know, it's 
It's different if somebody is trying to impose their image of what you should be on them versus somebody who like wants you to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know that that best version of ourselves is going to be very compatible with somebody else. Maybe not every person, but you know if you have general compatibility and you're both working on that, that's that's kind of the the positive side of changing yourself for somebody else like okay, well I have an anger issue or I'm too reclusive or I, um, I'm i not good at communication or whatever. It's like, okay, well, that's not you being you. That's just you being an un- undeveloped person in that particular aspect of your character. Like that's something that everybody could use work on if you're not good at it. Mm-hmm. So that's where you should look at in changing yourself for your, for your partner and, you know, making your, making each other better people. Which I think you and I do. Yeah. I've definitely changed for the better as a person. And that's got mainly to do with you and a lot to do with my job. Just because I've got to be more sociable and yeah. shit like that. You've been but... learning, learning your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my a lot of my growth has to do with you and our relationship. And trying to be a better person and a better partner. Mine as well. You saw my last apartment. Yeah. It was, it was hideous. Yeah. <laughs> Hank and I have talked about it on the cast. <laughs> Hideous is an understatement. <laughs> Ugh, I've never lived in such a clean environment for so long. It's weird. You're welcome. <laughs> well, sometimes I wonder whether it's worth it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, here's another thing that I think is something that people kind of um, overemphasize in relationships. That all of your interests should line up. No. Or the majority of your interests should line up. No. Because then you're spending, at least for me personally, if I spend all of my time outside of work with you, I'm going to tell you to get the fuck out. Yeah. Like, go somewhere else. Go do something else. Yeah. Like, I I need my alone time. You need your alone time. And you're the quality time person. <laughs> yes. We need we need our own interests and our own hobbies. Like, you've got the painting and the Warhammer. I've got my plants. And it's just we both need our own yeah. interests. You watch TV. I play video games most of the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, and, and we do have some things that line up. And we mm-hmm. enjoy things together. And so yeah. I, I don't. I think you, it's it's good to have some um, mm-hmm. shared interests, but yeah, you kind of you kind of hit what I was getting at there. Is that there's a there's a lot of couples, and I know you've seen them too, that are like that, where they you know a lot of times they've met through whatever hobby they're super in into, and they just do everything together, mm-hmm. and that and works they, for some people. Most of the people that I've seen do that, they seem like they're driving each other nuts like six mm-hmm. months in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, Maybe I it's just know. my personal introvert bias, but one that of, would be crazy to me. One of my best friends works with her partner, and they live together, and they spend seven seven days a week, 24-7 with each other, the occasional seven hours apart whenever, they're still, whenever he's still at work and she's at home, or vice versa. <sighs> You know that they see on the outside, they seem okay. 
You know, as I'm saying this, I, I didn't even think of my dad and stepmom have that kind of relationship. They're, they're together yeah. all the time, and they seem happy, they, happy as can be. Yeah, that's, and I, I don't know your dad's past relationships as good as you do, but he seems like that before. genuinely 110% happy. And that's, that's the sort of thing he needs. Mm-hmm. My mom is more like me. Yeah, but your stepmom is also same way like she's oh, yeah. she's very very content i got seven new step siblings <laughs> she she always wants to have somebody around yeah she's always she's very very happy with her relationship right now and again i don't know her past relationship but some yeah, it, so i guess it does work with some people like i said it's me, probably just my own loner bias where i'm just like yeah, without, i would hate somebody anybody who i love Hank, Will, you, anybody, if I was just with them 24-7 for seven days straight, I would be like, I need you to go away. Mm -hmm. And that's our work. I'd be taking four-hour poops. (laughs) (laughs) You already do. (laughs) Now you know why. I'm not even in there pooping most of the time. I went in there to pee, actually. (laughs) But our work schedule works really, really good. Because I'm... Yeah, that's true. I'm night shift, and you work nine to five or whatever and I go in like 30 minutes after you get home and then we both have our designated alone time mm-hmm. and then on my off days we spend the evenings together and then Saturday and Sunday before I go to work we spend the day together so it we do spend time together but we also have our alone time and that's worked really really well for our relationship I and, think yeah and you know it's funny because that would probably drive some people completely nuts mm-hmm it has. Like, I've talked about it with coworkers, and they're like, you don't spend more time with him? No, I don't want to. He's, <laughs> I don't want to be around that guy. <laughs> it's not even that I don't want no, to spend time I, with I you. Know, that was, exactly. That, I, that's, yeah, I, yeah. I, it, well, I'm the same way. I'm just like, no, I need I need you to be at work a little longer. Yeah. I want to take a shot with your coworkers. <laughs> I'm, I'm really enjoying myself right now. And that's something that I've also learned is okay to do is hang out after work and have a drink or two yeah to unwind and because i can't bitch to you about the restaurant you don't understand what i'm talking about i'll listen but yeah i'm just like uh uh-huh, uh-huh, you you don't uh-huh. you don't understand what it's like whenever someone orders a fucking water and doesn't fucking drink it <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking do that by the way I do it all the time. I know you do. <laughs> I know you Actually, do. It's super funny. <laughs> I bitch about it every time someone orders a water and they don't drink it. And I'm like, you know, this is my biggest pet peeve as a server. <laughs> but not, not, not getting tips? I can deal with that. <laughs> but, but if you order a water... That better go in your belly. Yeah, because cleaning it off the table. picture on the wall. Don't let this person in. They're, they're fucking making me waste my time. But as I was saying, I can't necessarily bitch to you about working in the service industry. And you can, yeah. understa- you can understand some of the parts about like dealing with customers and clients. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, I need someone who I can bitch to about being at work. And so I have the occasional beer and shot after I get off of work and it's 
that's something that I've had to learn is okay. Well, that was something that um, you and I were talking about this the other day that I thought was funny. Because um, my dad was asking me about this with, with somebody else. Um, this guy was out with his friends. You know, he's, he's a little younger than me. You know, I think he's like 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were out drinking pretty late well, really late for some people for me for me too <laughs> i mean I, you say that till like two against not necessarily against my will but against my liking <laughs> you had a little bit of a uh, peer pressure yeah um yeah it was but they were i think they were out to like three mm-hmm. which i've done before everybody's done that before um He's married, and my, my dad was like, let me ask you this, since, since you're closer to his age. I know that, that people just don't think of things the same way these days. Like, would that be cool with you if Alex was out that late, you know, out drinking with her friends? And I was like, well, it's a little different with me because if Alex is out till 2 a.m. drinking with her friends, she might have only been out for two hours. Yeah. Like, like she works nights. Mm-hmm. and. Last night, I got off at 11.30, mm-hmm. and I went in at 5, so it's, it, it, it is different, like, it's different going out at 8 p.m. and staying out till 3 a.m., or starting at 11.30 versus 3 a.m., that's only four hours. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I was trying to explain to him, is that just, like, it doesn't really, doesn't really translate over to me, and, and then he was, and then he kind of flipped, he was like, okay, well, what if you went out with your buddies? And I was like, I, well, first of all, I don't think it's going to be a rare event for me and my buddies to be out past like two. Like that is, I'm going to be dead on my feet. I'm not that, I, I'm a kind of an old man when it comes to going out. I'm like, yeah, we're going out about, what, eight o'clock? And be home by about midnight, right? That, that sounds about right. Maybe no. Stay out late. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, I go out with, with her and her friends and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to get things started around 10, you know, maybe 1030. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. We're gonna go. What? <laughs> We're gonna go out at ten thirty. Mm-hmm. But also, all of my friends are. I'm being drunk by ten thirty. <laughs> all of my friends are in the restaurant industry, yeah, yeah. and so ten thirty is actually pretty early for them. Yeah. And, but none of them work day shift, so you're the only one out of the group that has to be up at an adult at an adult time. <laughs> but um. To get back to what I was saying, I I just, like, even if you were going out with your friends at 8 or 10 and stayed out that late, like, or if I did that, like, you and I, you know, we'll text each other and let, let, let each other know that we're, we're doing just fine and, you know, check in now and then. But I, I just don't see that ever being an issue unless it was, like, all the time or something like that. Um, and spending shitloads of money. Like, the, the aspect of, of, like, going out wouldn't be the problem. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is, like, one of those things of, like, this this sort of old-school attitude, once again, of, like, people can't go out without, can't go out drinking without just being, like, you know, the, the cartoon wolf, like, <laughs> just, like, going after everything they can. Mm-hmm. And that's and, that's got a lot to do with like security and the mm-hmm. relationship in general. Yeah. Like whether you're uh, 
dating or engaged or married, like, it's got, like, you have to have that level of trust in the relationship to be able, not to be able to, but to, like, let your partner feel safe with you going out without them. Well, here's the the weird thing about this, because I I feel what you're saying, and and it seems like to my dad it was almost the opposite. Mm -hmm. He was like, it would be okay for someone like me to do it because I'm not married, but like to a with a married man, he shouldn't be behaving that sort of way. That it al- I, that almost seems a little opposite, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I guess I get it, but it, I think it's more that old school attitude around marriage that, mm-hmm. like nowadays, I feel like we we almost see marriage as like, yeah, that's not much more of a guarantee there, bud. People yeah. get divorced every day. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a pledge, but it's certainly not a guarantee. If somebody's gonna cheat on you whenever they're you know they're not married to you they'll cheat on you when when they're married to you and i getting back to like the marriage thing i i know more divorced or broken up people than i do happily married people like oh yeah not i'm gonna say probably 85 percent of people that i know have either been divorced or engaged and it got broken off or were in a really, really serious relationship and it got broken up and, like, there was a kid involved. Like, most people mm-hmm. in between 20 and 30, they've either, they've had something like that. Yeah, they've had something, some sort of major, major thing like that. I, I honestly am... Um, surprise whenever i talk to people whose parents are still together mm-hmm. i'm just like whoa whoa look at mr big shot over here mm-hmm. yeah. you don't have a stepmom or a stepdad hmm. Hmm. what's that like <laughs> <laughs> you know i i actually really like both my step parents yeah i like them both a lot too they're great um and you know i i the other thing about that is that i mean i advise my parents get divorced and i think that they're both happier where they are now i mm-hmm. mean they were just not they were happy with each other for many years but th- once again it was that sort of falling out of love thing where their desires in life changed drastically mm-hmm. to the point where they no longer could live the life that the other wanted to live and be happy mm-hmm. so yeah i mean <laughs> look at my mom living out there in the middle of nowhere on a ranch could you possibly imagine my dad living out there i was just about to say knowing your parents as who they are now not as who they were whenever they were together i genuinely could not imagine them being together at all like I, i obviously it happened they had two kids together but like i i can't picture them together like no. they're just two very, very, very opposite people, and it, I guess they like I. I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like I know that they were happy at some point because they had two kids. Well, but you don't have to be happy to have two kids. <laughs> let me, let me correct say, myself. That's not exactly the best evidence. <laughs> <laughs> they were happy together, but for different reasons. I think. I think you know. Um. For a lot of the reasons we've been talking about, kind of like that they had similar values. Mm -hmm. They didn't really have any similar interests, but one of the things that I think was a big, the big problem there that they kind of swept under the rug, especially my mom, 
because um, you've met my my grandmother. I mean, can't yes. get more traditional. Yes, I have. So she was ch- kind of trying to fit into a box that she thought was the right thing to do. And I think that she was kind of denying herself in a way mm-hmm. because she thought that that was what was right. You're good. And, um, and that led to a, a sort of deep-seated unhappiness that was mitigated by the fact that she loved my dad, she loved the kids, you know, me, my brother and I. Mm-hmm. And um, she also was having, you know, she was able to board those hor- some horses whenever we lived here. And then whenever we moved out to Arizona, she was able to have, you know, a beautiful ranch. So she was able to kind of, you know, gloss over the issues. But then when when everything blew up for all these different reasons, all those issues between them came to the forefront mm-hmm. and their relationship. There's just no way it was going to survive that. And I genuinely think that there was no way it was going to survive anyways. Mm-hmm. And both of them have said this, that if they didn't break up, if, if everything had gone perfectly smooth, they would have eventually gotten divorced. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that they wish they could have done was like get through to my brother and I being adults before they before everything went crazy but that wasn't you know it was nobody's fault but yeah it's you can't control some circumstances yeah but i think people can fool themselves for a long time in that way and Mm -hmm. be generally happy in in many ways Mm -hmm. that's the weird part that's what my ex wanted me to do (laughs) he wanted you to move to florida buy a house i guess you were already in florida yeah. yeah Buy a house and uh, have a couple of munchkins, maybe three or four, put them all in the scouts, because, you know, they're all going to be boys. Uh Uh-huh. Obviously. They're all going to be, uh, they're all going to be straight, cis, white men (laughs) who play football and baseball. He couldn't even play football or baseball. (laughs) Oh, man. All he had going for him outside of school was Eagle Scouts. Oh, poor guy. I remember you showing me a picture of him, and I was just like, ooh, if he was in my high school, this kid would have gotten absolutely roasted. But I I was talking to one of my um, coworkers the other day, and she showed me her high, sc- her high school ex. We're both 23. Mm-hmm. She showed me her high school ex. Pretty similar to mine. Really? Yeah. Like, guys from your class were much beefier, much bigger, and then guys from my class were pretty much like my ex. You know what's funny is that I I have noticed that, um, I noticed that whenever I was going through high school, and we used to comment on it about how there was this really weird cutoff point, and it was right around my age, and obviously this is totally anecdotal. I don't know. I'm not, this is not at all backed up by statistics or anything like that, but. Just my own personal experience going to two different high schools and now hearing this about you. Like, I was average size for my class. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a little bit bigger whenever uh, on the bigger side whenever I went to Sedona. But there was still some beefy boys in Sedona. And then Payson was freaking huge. I mean, I was, I was maybe even a little below average in Payson. And the, the, uh, you go two years below me in both of those high schools and suddenly they're all just little shrimps and it's not one of those things of like 
like I like you you're looking at it from the perspective of somebody being bigger like I know a lot of these guys as they've grown up and they're you know they're not super small but they're just average. more average sized mm-hmm. yeah I think there's for some reason at least in our high schools there was just a wave of big boys that went through for like four years mm-hmm. and you know just huge huge guys in my schools and uh yeah, I mean, I I am the average height in America is like five ten. Mm-hmm. And for me, for my high school, I graduated in twenty seventeen. For my high school, the average guy was like five ten, one forty, mm-hmm. maybe one forty at graduation. Yeah, really. Yeah, there there weren't a lot of big guys. Like the biggest guy was probably. I think the biggest guy was like 170. Like I the was, average guy was 5'10. The biggest one was 170? Yeah. I was six foot tall, 170 by the end of my freshman year. And I've noti- I noticed that whenever I was doing um, my little sister's walkthrough with middle school and everything, all of the seventh and eighth graders were like 5'11, 170, like. My, like, high school, everybody was very, very average and a little on the smaller side. And then the grades coming up after me were more on the larger side. And your your grade was before me, so I think it was Mm -hmm. just, like... You think it might be a little cycle, then? Yeah, like, every four years, like, people just are more average, and then they get a little bit bigger, and then they get a little bit more average, and then... a little bit bigger. I'm I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna have to research this more. I promise you, folks. I will get in <laughs> to this on another cast. Well, my sister, she's fourteen. She's taller than me. I'm five three. She's about five six. I thought you were five two. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Are you exaggerating your height? <laughs> Just by an inch. It's only an inch. Um, but she's, what would you say, 5'6"? Yeah, yeah. And she's about 120-ish, and she's only 14. So she's on the bigger side, and a lot of her friends are also on the bigger side, mm-hmm. and a lot of the kids in the school that she's in are on the bigger side. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little wave. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look up some statistics on that. I, uh, I remember moving to whenever i moved to sedona even even then the people there were just like did they just put steroids in the water in payson or something probably possibly probably i mean you've you've met will he was he was like we considered him kind of a bean pole (laughs) most people look at will and think he's huge i'd say he's about average he's six four like 200 pounds Will's taller than me. What? Yeah. He's or sorry, six gla- three. I need to get my glasses. He's six checked. three. Yeah, he's about an inch taller than me, and he's not that much lighter than me. I mean, I'm two twenty. He's he's about one ninety two hundred, depending on whether he's been working out lately. Hmm. Yeah, you're just used to seeing me, so it seems normal. Yeah. I'm a lot wider than him. So. Yeah. <laughs> but you've met most of my male coworkers. Yeah. They're yeah. all. They're all fairly small. small. Especially uh, my kitchen manager. Mm-hmm. He's he's itty bitty. <laughs> like 
I think he and I weigh about the same, but oh he's taller. He's really? a little, I think so. Wow. He's he's super skinny. Like he's but he also works in a kitchen six days a week. Yeah, that's true. He's got that heat that mm-hmm. heat body. Mm-hmm. He forgets oh, to God. eat sometimes, so Alrighty, well. I think that that's probably a good time to cut it off. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. I hope Thank you'll you come on again. Me. Yeah. I, uh, I was asking Hank about it, and he was, I was telling him that uh, maybe we'd, we'd have to all three get on one time. I think that'd be fun, because he would love to talk to you, too, and it'd be fun to have somebody who doesn't know you so well interview you a little bit more. So we'll definitely get that one going. Thanks again for listening, folks, and we will see you next week. 